Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This episode of Get Real Podcast is really special to me. Taylor Lynn Finger, my former bandmate from Stealing Angels, joins me. She's been on before a couple years ago. This time, I'm now a mom. We've had some more life under our belt. We just have one of the most honest conversations. I was also filming a segment for the Grand Old Opry. They have a um, new network called Circle Network, and Michael and I are going to be featured on a show called better half that is on that network and we were filming for it that day and so Taylor was a part of the filming by being on this podcast because they were filming me doing my podcast it was really special and then we just get into like a really deep conversation we talk about everything we talk about sex and marriage and our thoughts on it and why we think it's important we talk about our former band our former time together as bandmates and now how we found ourselves we talk about Taylor's sobriety, recovery. She had a moment of relapsing a few years ago. We don't get about we don't get into her recovery and sobriety until the very end. So make sure you listen till the end because we get real with it and she is honest and talks about that journey and I just have so much love for her. We talk about how we don't have to be who we were in the past, how we can let go of baggage that we've carried around with us that is making us feel unworthy. And it's just, a re- it's a real, co- real conversation, a real honest one. You know, when you've been friends with someone for so long, you can just get to that real place so quickly. So we are really just inviting you into this very personal conversation between two best friends and sisters. So welcome Taylor Linfinger. Okay, I am very excited about this episode. Because I have my friend, my sister, 
my, I mean, we're just everything. We were in a band together, former bandmate. We grew up together. We have seen each other on this journey of life through so many different phases. Taylor Lynn Finger. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Caro. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh. Even watching you get set up, I was thinking about how much I love you. You just, were? Yeah, I was just looking at your face and you're so pretty and your pretty hair. And remember when Wally said you had high school hair and he tried to get you to straighten it out? Wally was our old manager. I uh, thought you said I had high school hair. No, that was Wally. <laughs> but he probably made me tell you that it was me. <laughs> what does high school hair even mean? It's probably what I have right now where it's like a tint of orange and then you throw it to one side and bush it up to make yourself look like footloose. I think you look great. Always looking good. You're always looking good. It's fun because we've been filming this special for the Opry today and you get to be a part of that, which I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Thank you. It's called Better Half, so everyone needs to check it out. But I was describing you before in one of my interviews and Michael described you too oh gosh and it just makes me so happy to know you so well to know someone so well you know Mm -hmm. like to be known by someone and to know someone so well that we're beyond like we're we're, it's almost like beyond family because we're business partners Mm -hmm. we're living on the road together we are making a career together. We're sisters. We're going to our dating life together. We are like all of these huge monumental things that are happening in our life. We're doing it together. And Michael was there too, which was just like you're one well, of the. We lived with Michael basically. You're one of the very few people who knows me and Michael from mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah, for sure. And I think getting started so young I mean you guys were a lot younger than me at the time and like moving in together that whole thing of living in that house and we lived together we lived together we did day to day we worked out we ate the same thing we pick out our menu I mean it was like we were married <laughs> and sisters and obsessed and, with each other you and I were obsessed oh we would get in so many fights you called, <laughs> said I was the most selfish person you'd ever met and I said you're the most self-righteous person I've ever met that was the first time I ever I think that was our only real fight I'd never heard the word self-righteous before. I didn't know yeah. what self-righteous was. Did it was. ring true at all? Do you feel then like? Then it did. Yeah. I feel like now both Probably of not. Us, You've grown so much. Well, we both have. We, well, as you hope. You hope I've you keep had a evolving. lot of therapy, but you've just done it with books and tapes, I think. Well, I think this podcast has helped me grow because I've gotten to interview so many people and I've realized that everyone's on a journey, you know? Uh, can I just say the podcast, I love how it's evolved and how you've shifted into this just lovely place that's full of positivity. I mean, it's always been positive. You're a really positive person anyway. There's no, you've always been positive. You've always been so great at asking questions and being just into people and, and wanting to know more. You used to probably be annoying back in the day. <laughs> Before well, I was. I hated it because it kept us in the offices longer. When we go on radio, t- when we would go on the radio tour, I would have to sit while you and Jen would ask question after question. But, I mean, it it worked, <laughs> and they loved y'all. And meanwhile, I wanted to kill somebody to get out of there. But now it's a perfect place for you. And I found a place to do it all the time. It's so great, and I can turn it on and off as I need to. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Thank you. But our band was Stealing Angels, and that yeah. was so fun. I mean, what an experience. Gosh, you fought it in the beginning, though. You didn't want to be in the band in the beginning. You guys told me that I could either <laughs> be a trio <laughs> Or you were going to be a duo without and, you. And I, you said, it oh, was hell Christmas no. like Eve. And I said, 
I'll be there tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> and we became a trio and I couldn't sing a lick of harmony. Still to this day, when we sang God Bless America on, at Fenway Park, I pretended my microphone went out. Oh, yeah, because we got to sing God Bless America at Fenway Park and you didn't sing? I didn't know the harmony. I wasn't a harmony singer. But you're in a harmony band. You made me be. <laughs> we did pretty good for you not singing harmonies. I mean, I wasn't great at harmony either. Yeah, but at least you could hit the note. I mean, Jen's done the best with her harmony. She couldn't sing harmony when we met either. Now she's like out there with Carrie. Now she's like a great guitar player and like a fantastic harmony singer. But she was not when we started. She was good and she's always been talented. But to see her, she's evolved too. You guys both have followed your heart. And I mean, I have too. We all three have. Totally. And I think without Stealing Angels and being together and helping each other grow and fighting and being honest and watching relationships i mean it's always good i always love it when my oldest and best friends can give me their take on my relationship because they've known me the longest they've seen the relationship from the beginning and they can be really open and honest about what needs to be done next you know what they think needs to be done next marriage is so personal that's between you guys only but it's it's important to have people that have been a witness to your love totally (laughs) Wow. Preach it, sister. (laughs) It's so true, though. But I think the thing that was so cool about Stealing Angels, looking back, because, you know, we've talked a lot about, you and I have, and even Jen, like, we've talked a lot about, like, the ending of it, and, like, that was hard for all of us because we all had to restart. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, it was such a launching pad for us because then you, your heart was always in Americana and honoring Mm -hmm. your grandmother, Loretta Lynn. Everyone listening, Taylor's grandmother is the legend, Loretta Lynn, which is amazing. The queen. So you had always wanted to do like an Americana thing Mm -hmm. and honor her legacy. Jen had always loved to sing high harmonies and write songs. And like, she really wanted to pursue. She had a songwriter's heart. Songwriter's heart. Yes. She wanted to do the mainstream music. And I, now that I'm looking back, I always liked the personality part of it. Because I never... You always said you wanted to do something with like TV or hosting or whatever. And so now here's Jen in Runaway June, killing Mm -hmm. it on tour with Carrie Underwood. You now are touring all over the country and outside of the country, like Canada. And Mm -hmm. are you going to Europe too? Yeah, girl. Going all over the place. I went to Ireland last year. Come on, Declan. I mean, like worldwide doing a tribute to Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty Twitty with Conway Twitty's grandson. grandson. Mm -hmm. What is your your act called? called? Twitty and Lynn, a salute to Conway and Loretta. Killing it. Amazing. I get to do a yard sale every Tuesday on Facebook Live. It's called Tay's Couch Club. Now, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) You selling your clothes? For over one year every Tuesday, except for today, because I'm here. Tay at 10 on Tuesdays on my Facebook music page. I just sell random stuff. Do people buy it? Some weeks I make thousands of dollars. You would be shocked. Do you mail it out? I make Barb do it. You know, blame Barb, Sarah Walters. She's like your assistant friend. Tay's Flash Club with co-host Blame Barb. Hashtag Blame Barb. And just at Taylor Lynn? Yes, Taylor Lynn Music on Facebook. It's very popular. So you just sell your clothes? No. Nobody buys my clothes. I'm not sure why. What do they buy? They buy Loretta Lynn merch, signed and unsigned. Well, of course. Who wouldn't buy? Well, I don't get her to sign anything. So I'll find like Meemaw stuff that's already been signed or like there was somebody that passed away on the ranch, Miss Louise. I bought all of her stuff from her husband and we sold it. I mean, it's a really lucrative, great thing. And then we talk about sobriety and mama dying and coming on here and life and marriage and 
financial freedom and, you know, all of that stuff. We talk about everything the first half hour and then the rest of it, we do a sale. And so I'll say like this guitar is 20 bucks and it's number one. So we'll go sold one. And whoever says sold one first is the one that gets it. Then Barb packs it up and ships it out. So you're like uh, Oprah meets QVC. I want to be on QVC so bad. I've always been a great great salesman. Could sell anything. You can sell anything. Anything. Do you have some stuff around here I could actually do on Thursday? Because I need to pay Miss Susan, the daycare teacher. <laughs> Childcare is expensive. <laughs> so you're basically Oprah means QVC. Babe, if we could find somebody on QVC, I mean, if Tori Spelling can sell lip balm, couldn't I sell cowboy boots? Yes. Or something. You could do little dances in them. I could do. Remember when I used to do the buck dance? Always. And then a cartwheel. I and tried to do a cartwheel splits. the other day and almost passed out. You would do a buck dance, cartwheel, end in the splits. It was a little over the top if you look back. It was. But we were into it. So it was real. <laughs> it was real. <laughs> <laughs> it was where we were at that time. Now at the ages we're at with oh, children God. and all this. I'm tired. I'm always tired. And I try to be, you know. I try to be the best mom, the best wife, like have room to be a, a sexy, sexual wife and be a mom that disciplines and loves and is cuddly and also be a performer and then do my yard sales every week. It's just a lot. That's a energy. lot to do. It's a lot of energy. I have realized, though, being a mom, everyone's like, well, how has motherhood changed you? And it has made me get very intentional with my time. Mm. Because oh, I don't because you, you don't have extra sir, time anymore. Caroline. Yeah. And motherhood's made you intentional with your time. Let me just tell you something for you listeners out there. She's lying. Let me tell you. She would carry around a calendar in her purse at all times with a pen in it and a bottle of whiteout. And highlighters. And every single thing, anytime anything would come up, without a doubt, there would come the book. There would come the, and if something changed, you had to highlight it and blow on it. So I think you've always been intentional with your time. Maybe you lost that for a little bit. So now you're back to it. Well, I think what it is, is maybe I'm just like not saying yes to as many things. Maybe I've always been intentional with my time, but now my time is. You're using your best yes. Yeah, I'm using my best Um, yes. It's so important because I will say yes to everything and then not really show up as a woman of integrity. And my my word this year is disciplined. And I have to and reliable. And I love that. And reliable in my recovery process. And then I just won't show up. And you're like. And then you resent it. And then you feel and, bad. And then you feel. It's a whole. Th- it's a circle. And it's a circle of shame. And I drank over shame for years. And I can't do that anymore. So no. using your best yes is so important. That. And when you have a child. It's easier to realize what that is. So I understand what you're saying. Well, having a kid makes me realize like, okay, I'm not going to not sugar. If y'all hear stuff, sugar's barking. The Opry crew's leaving. We got a lot happening. It's a lot. It's called Get Real. if I embarrassed you. You never embarrass me, Taylor. You make me laugh so hard I can't talk sometimes. I mean, I accidentally smack talked somebody and I didn't mean to. But then we deleted that video on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But before I had a kid, I would say yes to like, anything that I thought would just be sort of cool I was very involved with like community stuff and now I'm like I just want to be with Sunny if I'm going to say yes to something and not be with Sunny it's going to be something that matters to me I'm not just going to do something anymore well and your favorite thing is to be with your child mm-hmm. right I oh. love being with my kids I'm so like fun taking them I'm taking them on tour this weekend which is like a 16 hour drive so I might have picked the wrong Ooh. show to take them to Pennsylvania but it's fine <laughs> uh what was I gonna say 
Best yes, if being with your kids, saying no. I don't know. That's another thing. Mom brand's a real thing. So much energy before you have kids. And now I just want to go to bed all the time. All but the then time. every time I get in the bed, John be crawling in there after me. <laughs> so I'm like, you married, we were talking earlier, you married a man seven years younger and he's got a lot of stamina. He is just he's I married him because he was so like sexy and like paid so much attention to me in that way. And then, you know, you get nine years in and you're like, Oh, la. I'm just trying to go to bed, but he's still so <laughs> sexy and so cute that you give your best yes. Because you want to keep that marriage strong. You know, how much do you think sex is a part of a marriage? Like, I I'm, think if you're not having, a, I, because let me tell you, well, I'm happy to get real here. Let's get, get real. Get real. Let's get real. Let's, I want to get real with you. Um, When I had our first child, as you know, because we are sisters, after I relapsed and got sober again I totally took sex off the table it was I was going through so much like internally that I closed myself off and I think that removing sex from our marriage damaged our marriage way more than the than the drinking and the drugging and the texting with the other guy all the horrible things that I did removing sex disconnected us like crazy and if we don't have sex I don't know. A couple times a week. Oh it, yeah, that's that's a very reasonable I, amount yeah. to do. I mean, like last week we had sex one time, and I could tell that there was a little bit of. Are, am I making you nervous? Is no, I could tell. I think sex is so important. And I think I it's used crucial. To not think that necessarily, you know, because I come from a family where my mom would always talk about sex, but it was like kind of in a like, oh my god, mom, please shut up. <laughs> but nobody explained to me as a. You know, that's just not a conversation that you have with your children, maybe. Or, or it didn't happen in my family. I mean, I, I learned early on about all of it. But how important, even in therapy, and some therapists would just say, you know what, sex is the icing on the cake. If you remember the song, Cellophane. Oh, you wrap I, myself in cellophane. Yeah. Taylor's going to wrap herself in cellophane yeah, to get some sex. Um, yeah, no, just kidding. And <laughs> <laughs> but it said the icing on the cake. And so I would believe that if a therapist told me that sex was icing on the cake, that I could remove sex from the relationship. And I think it damages marriages. I feel the same way. I feel like if you do not have an intimate connection, that that is the one thing like in the entire world we give ourselves in so many ways, especially like anyone. But like, let's take you for instance and me. We're giving ourselves in an entertainment way. We're sharing our stories. Mm -hmm. We're sharing our, our lives with people tons of people we're seeing tons of people all day we're giving them our real selves right you know and we're giving our time and we're giving our energy and it's like sex is the only thing that michael and i have exclusively that no one else has we have that sacred intimacy that so it's more than just mm -hmm. having sex you know mm -hmm. to like get a feeling it's yeah. really it is for getting a feeling too it, if of you're doing course. it right <laughs> <laughs> i mean we have tools as well I mean, not to, it's okay to bring tools into the bed. What kind of tool like. do you like to bring in? I mean, I feel like there, if my mother-in-law listens to this, what she will. Sorry, Karen. Karen. I'm so sorry. This is a very. But really, at least Karen, your your son's having a healthy marriage. Well, my mother-in-law, Karen, is awesome and so sexy. And she says the three things that a man need are food, to be appreciated and sex. She you was know, like, it's if pretty you can basic. do those three things, then you're going to have a good marriage. I think she's actually really onto she it. She is. So she will appreciate that we have a healthy sex life. But, I mean, I would say the smaller stuff, the better. Like, what do you mean? Like, like a, little, a little bullet or something. I like a little bullet. I mean... <laughs> 
you can carry them anywhere and we travel a lot babe you're on that bus with michael and planes i mean, I mean you gotta get what you need you can just put it in your pocket i mean probably not in the pocket because i'm not gonna be like john with- carries it if we're going somewhere you can dang well bet he's carried that bullet with him for me in his pocket wherever i don't know where it is but he pulls it out he's always got it he's ready he loves to please me sorry karen which is also great that i think that's really important too you have to I feel so desired and cherished and sexy in John's eyes. And that isn't that everything? Oh my God, that's everything. I weigh 15 pounds more than I did, plus five, <laughs> than I did when we were on the road and I was all about being sensual and sexual. And if you weren't sexy, then who were you? And I mean, some of our old pictures, I look at them and all we're doing is exuding kind of that like... Well, that's all we were leading with. We didn't think there's anything know. else more that... Honestly, it's... It's a. It's not sad because we were young and we it's didn't know any better. And I think a lot of young girls lead with their sexuality because they mm-hmm. think that's what they have to they offer. Get attention. You get attention, and you you think that's what you have to offer mm-hmm. the world. But then you get older, and you realize that's not what I want to lead with. That's not what I want my offering to this world to be. Right. You know. And, and we were so wrapped up in it when we were younger because it's like, oh, we're in a band. We're all over the place. We're well, sexy. We're when young. You get that attention, and you. And you're on stage and you are sexy and you're feeling sexy and you're, you know, in your prime or what you think your prime is. And, and that's all, like you're saying, that's all you think matters. Is of your val- that's your value and your worth mm-hmm. is how sexy am I? And for me, it was how much can I shock you? Yeah. And tell me about that. Cause that was a thing. Like you, you have, you, you've always loved to shock, but mm-hmm. like you've gotten intentional about it now. Because I can see how it hurt people. So what was the shocking for bef- like before you started thinking about it and getting intentional with how can I shock you? What, what, um, you know, I watched, I hurt you a lot. Makes me want to cry. I can't cry. I cry all the it's time. It's okay. I hurt you a lot. Um, <laughs> but I hurt you too. We yeah, were young. But I mean, you were vocal about what it was I was saying. I mean, we said, sexually inappropriate things that got us put in media training which was all actually very cool i mean that was an awesome thing we got to go to yeah it's real expensive and we wouldn't have paid for it otherwise yeah <laughs> but i mean we got in trouble we had started getting a reputation i would get a reputation of not you can't really trust her to be in the room um and i would embarrass john and then i would realize i could still be funny and still not really just blow up in your because I would say I, I can't even think of anything right now but honestly I almost did it downstairs when we were meeting the Opry people because when I get nervous I'm gonna lead with shock because I know that's what works for me and people laugh and react and they you're laugh like and react but do they trust you and what do they say about you later what does that say about my character well I'm walking in here I want to be known as a woman of integrity I want to be respected I'm somebody's mama and mm-hmm. speaking of my mother-in-law who's a great woman she would always say that when I would write my blogs in the past. And I don't regret any of the blogs that I've written. And I talk very openly about being a recovering crack and heroin addict. And I stand by that. And I will still write that today. And that's part of my story. But she would say, just remember that you're True's mom. Because it was before Scout. And think about what that's going to look like when you start school. And the other mothers read that. And so... I think I'm involved in school, too, a lot. So some of these moms, you know, some of these people are moms in true school. So I think it just tamed itself down to just by nature. Mm-hmm. Maybe by getting elderly. I don't know. You know what? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Just like growing up. Being married. I don't know. People I bet- that I love telling me enough that it wasn't okay.
Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Well, I think, too, for me, like, I got, in my 20s, when we were in my early 30s, when we were in Stealing Angels doing the band thing in the entertainment industry, like, I hadn't really, I mean, I had dated Michael, but we, he was also young. Like, I didn't really know what the, the significance of being in a real committed relationship meant. Like, I didn't know the weight of that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, girl. <laughs> Coming from, you know, my mom was married, like, what, six times? My dad's been married a hundred times. He says he gives us a new mama. You know, we all got our own mama, and for <laughs> Christmas, we get a new brother or sister. Like, that was something he would say. And so, in my family, men were a way to pay your bills, and they supported you. And if they didn't, then they were just pieces of crap. And so, to to have to break that whole cycle has taken me years, and John will tell you, and I don't even know if he's listening to this, so I'm not saying any of this for John, but it is the truth. I didn't really know how to be married until maybe a year or two ago. I mean, like... How'd you learn? From doing it and staying honest. And, you know, as you know, I haven't always been completely 100%. Now, I will still go to, like, sneak off to Target and Starbucks and spend too much money. Like, I'm not that kind of honest <laughs> yet. But as far as, like being open and continuing to show up and to find somebody like John who I've tried to push him away so many times and given him an out 
so many times that he could have taken and he continues to stay time after time again because I'm crazy and he kind of is too but I've just given him so many outs and he stays and no man ever stayed in my life and so I think just going oh you know I remember like a year ago just going oh my god like this he is loves me. you he loves me and this is marriage I never stay. knew marriage could be cool like yeah. I thought marriage was so dumb like I couldn't understand how people could be married but not have like a boyfriend or girlfriend on the side. I mean, that's just how I was raised, like in the beginning. And then you go, no, you're devoted to this person. You, you're married. You're one. You choose this person. Yeah, and this is the father of my children. I just would never want to do anything to sabotage that. And I, I sabotaged it in the beginning. Do you think you sabotaged it because you said men never stayed because it's almost like you think they're going to leave, so you're going to make them leave first? I just or? thought it was temporary. You know, it never dawned on me that marriage was... I mean, I was in love with John, and I, in my mind, would go, and, you know, we're going to be together forever, but somewhere deep down in myself, in the little girl that was damaged, in my broken heart, in the pieces that weren't put together yet, I, I just thought how long will this last? And it's temporary and I'm uncomfortable. So I'm going to go. I mean, like anything that made me uncomfortable or made me feel like I had to give of myself when I didn't want to, I didn't really want anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. And now I try to figure out what's best for us as a family. I know. Huge difference. That's amazing. Taylor. It's great. I mean, it really is. You know, that's God. That's God working in my life for sure, because I didn't do it. I mean, he did it. And, God and um, but you let him in, and that's the thing you with have to do you. The footwork. I remember you told me this in Stealing Angels because, like, when you before you got sober, and you were using drugs, and you know, not not where you are mentally today. I remember you said, like, in the beginning, you didn't necessarily like have a strong faith, but you just started walking the walk and like believing that it would come. It's almost like in the beginning when you before like when you're going into rehab and you tell this story because obviously it's yours, but like you didn't necessarily even have this faith yet, but you knew that you needed to get it and you didn't know if it was going to come, but you just kept walking and praying and just like hoping it would show up. And it did. Is that what happened to surround your, while you're saying that it's making me think what, what did I mean when you're saying that? And I think it's surrounding yourself with goodness too, surrounding yourself with people. Like when I, the first year of my sobriety, and I'm talking, when I say I got sober, I was 82 pounds and broken. And I was sober for eight years. But then I also relapsed when I was happily married with a child. So it can happen. And I was overweight and taking Adderall all day. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter what it looks like. But what happened was, both times, I surrounded myself with other women, women, that were doing what it was I wanted to do. Doing what it was I wanted to out of life they were women of integrity and they were walking the walk talking the talk and I wanted to be that so I just hung on to them and let them lead me and I surrendered myself to spiritual mentors and I just let them lead me and I trusted them still today I have a spiritual mentor and if she tells me I'm wrong or I need to do something or I need to just hang on or I need to sit still sitting still and meditating is a huge part of my recovery and if I can do that and be in the moment, I think that's when God comes. But you have to be still enough for him to... I don't know if that really answered no, your you question, do. but... 
you have to be still a, enough yeah for him to show up and you do that like the thing i love about you tay <laughs> and you actually i talk michael and i talk about this my family and i talk about this like because you're a real big part of my heart mm. and you really really want to be the best version of yourself mm-hmm. you really do like it's really important to you and you fight for that i think that's why you and i became so close <laughs> because you for all the love that you have in your heart you abide no bad people in your aura like you don't have people that aren't trying to do their very best in your space because it makes me feel bad your parents don't your sister don't your sister don't (laughs) ain't nobody in your family do (laughs) your grandparents they just you don't have it and the fact that you guys took me as your sister as your daughter there is not a doubt in my mind I could call your parents today and say hey like I'm in trouble and I need your help oh my god yes they would fly here and they would do like in cat even Willie I mean like I have no doubt and I think that you helped me get to that point even the other day when I was struggling and you were like it doesn't matter like it's what you're talking about isn't real and it doesn't matter and we, you know, we were talking about weight issues, actually. And when just, it just goes back to worth, because yeah, you have your worth, and I know that you know your worth. And but we've both struggled with worth issues yeah. in different areas. Like mm-hmm. I've struggled with worth issues so much, also. Mm-hmm. And it's like I see in you the fullness of who you are, and like the God-given person that you are meant to be. I see that in you all the time, and I see how you light this world up, and I see how you are an incredible mother, an incredible wife. I see how you choose to be the the best, highest, grandest version of yourself, even when you have so much in the past baggage that is like wanting to tell you to do another way that would be easier or a road that you've walked or something that would give you a relief or comfort for a second. You still don't do that because you are this incredible bright light. And so I only see that. So when you say you're like 15 pounds overweight or whatever, when you say, I don't know all the things that you say that you pick yourself apart because you immediately can pick yourself apart. Just like we all can. I'm like, look at this woman that you are. And that is so real. And that is so who you are. And so it's going back to what we were saying, being a part of your life and believing you. Because we've, you know, start from the very beginning of this podcast when you're like, we've grown up together. Knowing that you wouldn't BS me at no. all. Like, and I believed you. And I told, you know, one of my best friends, Lisa, I was like, Caroline totally changed my mind. And today, even when I was coming here and you've got people that are filming and, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear what I normally do, and I'm just going to be me, and I'm going to come on and just try to be fully your friend and fully his wife and fully the Lord's daughter and their mama and just do do what it do. Mm -hmm. The impact you you made on me has nothing to do with the size of your body. Like I think of, when I think of Taylor Lynn, what I think of, a personality like none other. You were gifted to this world with this personality that is just meant to impact. Like you have such an impactful personality and you use it for good. You spread music, you spread laughter, you spread joy, you spread comedy, you spread shock in a good way. Like Mm -hmm. you spread family love. Like you spread so much joy to this world. I don't give a shit how much you weigh. I mean, nobody does. But we all have these lies we tell ourselves that I'm not worth it if I don't look like this. I'm not worth it if I don't have this much money. Mm -hmm. I'm not worth it if I 
don't have my love life together. I'm not worth it if I made a mistake or like you said, or I'm not worth it. Like if I have relapsed or like whatever, it's Mm -hmm. like we create these lies that make us not worth it, but that's just not the truth. It's not the truth. And I think that that is the enemy and that's the, the devil. I don't want to get too much into that, but you know, I grew up where if you weren't sexy, you didn't get attention and that it just goes, that is just family stuff. And I grew up poor. And so everything that happens when I'm older if I'm not getting attention, if I don't have any money, then it's, oh my God, I knew this is how it was going to be. Like, you know, because you think when you're little, it's going to be like this forever. Like, I'm never going to get out of this. So anytime I start feeling just the slightest bit of that, the pain body, I don't know if you guys listen to Eckhart Tolle, but the pain body is so, wants you to feel like that and wants you to feed on that. And the minute that you can find somebody like we're talking about that has goodness and brings good vibes, you can see the lie. And the minute that you can see the lie and accept it, You can move past it. You can't move past something that you're fighting. So if I'm fighting with my body, if I'm fighting with my money, if I'm fighting with not being famous enough or whatever, famous at all, then I can't move past it. I can't move into my woman of power. But if I can accept it, then I can sit here with you as your friend and be in truth and be in goodness and be in light like we are. God, I sound like I've been listening to a lot of Eckhart Tolle. You sounded like an inspired woman. (laughs) But you know what I think about? Think about the people who in who you know personally or who you look up to mm-hmm. in this world. Do you care if their body's perfect? I say that all the time. Do you care if they have wrinkles on their Never face? Never even think about Do it. Do you care if, what's going on in their love life? Do you care about... And you? All you care about is the energy and the, the messages person, yeah. and the person and the spirit that they're bringing to you. They're like, I want to be around people that make me feel good. Yeah. So like... Let's just say Oprah, for instance. She's mm-hmm. one of my favorite people in the world. She's never had a perfect... I mean, she has gotten super skinny before, but like her life has been but dealing with her weight struggle. Yeah. I don't get... But I love how open she is about exactly. it. Exactly. It's important to me to be around people that are really open about it. So I don't totally. feel crazy. Well, it's a thing. I mean, you want to feel good. Everyone yeah. wants to feel good. Babe, but, can I tell you something? Really yeah. Nice? This morning, I was running and I felt really gross in my own skin because I just haven't been putting the work in to feel good. And I love Erin. I can't say her last name. It's like opera. What's her last name? Oh, Opria. Opria. Celebrity I, trainer. She was on my podcast two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. She's so inspirational. So inspirational. So I've been out there and I've been running two miles like every day, every other day since December, the begin, end of December. And I was listening to Dave Ramsey, and I'm trying to get financial freedom, which your sister did the class. I don't know if you and Michael have ever taken it, but it's amazing. And I just shouted out, I am so proud of you, talking to myself and just shouting, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And what has that got to do with what you were just saying? Just talking about loving your body. Yeah, it's for what it's doing for you. It's so crazy. I think being in the music business and I've been in the music business with my grandmother for a really long time and so she has those bodies things too thank god she's little so she hasn't had to struggle too much but where you're always getting your picture taken by somebody else and then it's up and you're like oh my gosh is that what I look like and then somebody else says something and then people are always making small comments and you judge other people and so you feel like people are judging you because you said that's you never think about that stuff. And for people that I really love and people I respect, I never think about it, but I used to. Right. So that used to makes me think that people are still doing it to me. And maybe they are, but that's just their ego. That's not true either. Mm-hmm. That's their hurt spot. I've been on a lot of therapy lately. So I'm I love just it. Keep going. I had that Red Bull right before we started. It's, uh, what you're saying, you're spouting out truth. But the thing to me is we get to evolve. 
And that is what I tell myself every day is I get to change. I actually had a conversation with my sister last night on the phone and I always feel guilty that I wasn't as good of a sister as I feel like she was to me. Well, you should have said you were sorry for that. I did. I bet. That's good. <laughs> I hope she was happy. And I feel though like I carry in my heart because if anyone knows the Enneagram, she's a one, which she, which means they're just like, they have this voice in their head that lets them know right from wrong at all times. Mm -hmm. So Catherine has always been able to just do the right thing. And she's such a good hearted person. And she really has never gone off the rails mm -hmm. she's always stayed as she's always succeeded in what she's done it's been very easy for her i mean she's had her own struggles but she has just seen the road to take that's the right road and taken it me like i got lost i was didn't know where to go i've had depression i've i mean and we she's had her own struggles too but like i've really like ridden this like emotional train more vocal about it too a little bit or it's totally seen or something but i've always felt like Catherine was disappointed in me because I never felt like my I could I could be as good of a sister as she was to me because I was always felt like I was a hot mess and we talked last night on the phone and now that I'm a mom and she's a mom it's still weird to say I'm a mom it's just like talking about that and I was like I, I'm sorry for the way I was and she's like Caroline we get like to the effect of like we don't have to like hang on to that anymore we can keep evolving like you're a great mom you're a great sister mm -hmm. like and like that is what it's hard for me to forgive myself because I feel like I let her down because I didn't show up in the ways that I wish I would have now that I have this awareness. But I didn't have that awareness then. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be the sister that I want to be now. I didn't know how to be the woman that I am now. Like because I just didn't have the skill set or the tools. The tools. Mm -hmm. And so something that I am really trying to work on with myself is giving myself the peace and the freedom and the um space to evolve and not have to go back and be like oh well I was like this or I have to like right. carry that baggage mm -hmm. with me forever that I like was a hot mess in this area of my life and this group of people that I that know me experience this I put this kind of pain on them even like mm -hmm. you're saying I caused you, you you caused me a lot of pain I caused you a lot of pain mm -hmm. but like we don't have to hang on to that and be like that's yeah. who we are now we did the best we could as mm -hmm. Maya Angelou says we did the best we could with, with what we knew, with what we knew at the time. And yeah. when you know better, do better. And now we both know better. And so it's like, I don't want to be that hot mess feeling guilty like I'm not enough anymore. Like I'm tired of feeling like I'm not enough because I am enough and you are enough. And it's like, I know I'm enough because I'm a child of God and I know my heart mm -hmm. is good and I know I'm trying to make good choices. And if I fuck up, I didn't do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to let myself move yeah. on from it. I didn't know that you said the F word on the show. So that'll be the number one thing I guess I'm taking away from this. But two things that came to mind when you were saying that. Number one is that nobody knows what it's like to be a mama until your mama. So I can, you know, Angie's like my sister. Um, you know, my Aunt Angie, she has Sophie and Jack. And I can remember the kids screaming and us being on tour. And we would go to San Diego. And I would go to her house to nap, you know, like rest and relax. And all these kids would be running around. I've made so many apologies for that now that my kids are four and seven and they're maniacs. And it's, <laughs> she was like, that's why I would say to you, you, nobody knows what it's like to be a mom until your mom. And then you get to pass that on to somebody else and just go, they, when you know better, do better. And another thing that I was thinking is actually today I was with a group of recovering alcoholics and we talked about how our past now is our greatest asset mm -hmm. because, and it, and I shared with the people that 
actually my handshake to new women that are coming into sobriety or are coming from shame is, hey, I did X, Y, and Z, and this is what I have today. My life is so full. And taking that shame and all that shit that we did, I'm so excited we get to cuss on this show. <laughs> all of that stuff that I did and, and blessing them with it. And you can bless your sister, but you also get to bless other women and say, hey, I had that relationship with my sister and, you know, I was this, but now we're this. And that's your greatest asset now is your past as long as you can use it as a tool for good. And a lot of people... They just get lost. They don't know. They a lot of people know. are scared to look at their past in the face. And so we just carry it around with us because we're like, babe, that's why there's so many alcoholics eating disorders. I mean, obesity. I mean, people are eating and drinking their feelings, and their feelings and their pain. Oh, my gosh. But I mean, they're no. trying to survive. They just don't know what else to comfort. do. Comfort and escapism. Oh, my gosh. I think about people that don't have the the teacher or or whatever i mean a support i i don't know that don't even understand that there's a different way there's a better way and i will say and god is just sharing this with me right now and i hate to get hokey like this but if you will just pray and say god help me it is so it's not complicated i used to think that prayer was so complicated and meditation was so complicated but if you will just, from somebody like me who doesn't do anything in a regimented way, just saying, God, help me and being willing. And if you have an old Bible laying around, turn it to Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. You can read a Proverbs a day and just try to figure it out. I just tried to figure it out. And that's the, one of the first steps. I mean, I have so much more that I could share to have sobriety and all that. But I just felt like God was really I love saying, that. you know, it's not complicated. complicated it's not and god is where it's at because i'm going to tell you something and you can do anything any kind of past and you're still welcome god doesn't give a crap about your care. past he doesn't care he sent his only son to die for our sins and because he did that he showed how much he loves us and he see i mean they see what we're doing and i think i can hide from god and when i'm doing wrong i'm only hurting myself i mean and nobody can do it for you either. That's another thing. I mean, I've turned my life over to God, but I have to do the footwork and I have to do it every day because I've done, it's not like I haven't been quote unquote bad over the last few years. I mean, I've done bad things, but I've moved through them. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Don't I, hang on to it and put your whole worth uh, on that bad thing you did. Because the enemy, the pain body, whatever you want to call it, nature, energy, whatever, Whatever energy you exude, that's what it's... It, it, and the negative pain body loves to feel that stuff and just go round and round and round. My granny, God love her. God love granny. I love her. Not Loretta, but granny. My mama's mama. She was miserable. The last, She's still alive for the last 20 years of her life because she was so... She got stuck in that just blaming, blaming, you know, just a little bit of hate in her heart. She moved to the old folk home, found her a boyfriend. The last two years, she's been the light of the old folk home. And she's found some happiness and joy. And because she's found joy, she's exuding joy. And joy's coming back. She been, we thought she was going to die and when we turned her in there. Just uh, here the old folk home. We'll bury you in about a month. Stay chill. We love you. She's happy as can be. Oh, honey, she'd be kissing all over Jerry. <laughs> she, she found love. She fell in love. And she's been alive two more years. And so she's... I'm on her birthday. I go to the old folk home and was saying, and she said, nothing would bring her more pleasure 
than to have me come sing for her for her birthday. And I just started bawling, crying, because I knew that was the truth for her. And it maybe wouldn't have been the truth when she was in pain. She would have said, I want to die. Because she used to say that all the time. I just want to die. It's not worth living. She would say that all the time. And so that's how she would feel all the time. My mom, she died of a heart attack at 63. And she would just say, I don't feel good. I don't have any money. I don't, you know, she was full of joy and, and love in one way, but she also was self-deprecating. And you turn that onto yourself. I'm, and you got you to gotta step on out, sister. Just step on out. What is it Rachel Hollis says? Just jump up and down. <laughs> Movement can change your mind. And I believe that. I agree. Man, that is so true. Like, you can't get stuck. If you get stuck. You're stuck. If you if you find yourself in this repeating thought pattern where you are just obsessing over how your life is terrible, Ugh. sell everything you have and move to an island. You already hate your life already. I mean, so what? why not do something great and adventurous? Oh, my gosh. You know, John and I are in a disagreement right now about something. And for our marriage, I will keep a filter on that. But in the argument, we're showing up in love. But in the past, we would have shown up in hate and blame and I want it my way and you want it your way. And we never would have solved the problem. And instead, we've been showing up in love and I've been letting him go through his process, which is really hard for me because I want to control his process. Like you're letting him speak his full ex- entire... Just let him have his feelings. Whatever his feelings are... He are, just needs to get him out he, and be heard. Feeling. We want to be heard. Yes. Just because I'm over here meditating out loud to gongs and stuff in the morning to Eckhart Tolle doesn't mean that he needs to do it that way. You know, he's out in nature and in trees. That's how he does it. But I need him to do it my way. So once I let go and we show up in love, it breaks that cycle of in marriage showing up to just berate each other over and over again. Because I think that's, I was listening, I told you Dave Ramsey this morning, he said the number one killer of marriages is finance, is money. And... John comes from a family where they talked about finance. They were smart with that, like your family, like where you talked about how to save money. You talked about what it was like to live. And, and my mom died with a dollar in her pocket. We didn't talk about anything. If I have $20 in my pocket and I need to pay the light bill, I'm going to Starbucks. I mean, like, that's how I roll. I'm mm-hmm. going to spend everything I have and not save anything. And so when you have two people that are so different like that, I know that's a little bit off topic, but no, but you have to show up and love and appreciate that you come from a different spot. You've decided to be a team. Mm -hmm. And since you have decided to be this team, you have to commit yourself and commit and you can't think they're stupid. Like, Uh, you know, like I, it's same with Michael. Sometimes we fight and like, I'm, I've been working on the same thing. I'll be like, I am so intense when I want to be, I'm so chill most of the time until I'm intense. And when I'm intense, uh, Oh God. I mean, you've seen that side of me too. And so has John, but not many people would understand that little devil that we have in us because Uh, we all listen to my podcast. Probably like, Oh, you're so Zen. What are you talking about? Oh God. I have a side though that I am, that I, it's not pretty. I don't yeah. like it. It's awful. It's awful. I mean, what our, there, our marriage counselor said, the first one to throw the chair is always the one that ends up being wrong or whatever. You're right. You're rude. You're wrong. <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, yeah. And I'll, I will be so zen and chill because I'm the one that meditates with gongs in the corner to Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> He's not, right? So when I'm the one that throws the bar stool across the kitchen, we just both go, oh my God. I mean, you've lost it. You've lost and, it. But I think that's like not getting stuck, not getting stuck in those old behaviors because you have to evolve, which is what you have to evolve. And I interviewed Allison Moore. Her interview will actually have come out the week before this one. So anyone listening should 
definitely go back and listen to that interview. I cannot wait. Oh my God. I love Alice. Oh my uh, God. Uh, if anybody is unfamiliar with her, just, th- I think her, the way she's known so much is that Robert Redford, maybe. A soft Place she, to Fall. I that mean, song. I would sing that song. I uh, had a boyfriend at the time. And I thought, I am trying to have me a soft place to fall. And I would sing that all the time and send it to him and never think, you know, this has to do with. Maybe I should be this all place to fall, but go ahead with Allison Moore. <laughs> She's so talented. Her sister Shelby Lynn, who's also so talented. So you he, you see you sorry. S- <clears throat> that's okay. You see this beautiful woman, and she's talented, and she's putting out art. And until you get to know her story, you don't even know all the pain that she's gone through. Her dad had a drinking problem and ended up having an, had an anger problem and killed her mom and then killed himself when she was 14 and Shelby Lynn was 17. And she just talks about her journey and how she has like grown from that. Like she, she, I mean, 30 years later, she's, she's processing and she wrote this book called blood, but she has risen to a higher place with Mm -hmm. her circumstances. And she has a son who's autistic, who's 10 who doesn't speak. And she was talking to me about how she's gone on airplanes before and he'll have, you know, he'll he'll have an, some sort of like reaction or something or yell right, or, do you know, something that maybe someone thinks, something, will set, something right. will set him off and like a passenger or someone next to him will get annoyed by it. And I'm like, I want to throw a fist. Like my yeah. anger gets activated and I'm like, how rude for someone to when a child is like having a tantrum or whatever doing something like I would just be pissed you know especially if I'm Allison and this is my son and Mm -hmm. you know but she's like she'll respond with love and she'll be like I'm so sorry my son has autism and um, I'm sorry that we that we disturbed you but we're doing the best we can and something in love and I'm like golly that's big to when you are hit so hard in a trigger like Uh, I want to cry just thinking about now uh, that I have a daughter I'm like when someone if someone was to come at Sunny for anything, I would want kill to kill them. Yeah, and the fact that she has trained herself yeah. to respond to people in love, it's creating a new ripple. Mm-hmm. Instead of adding anger to that anger coming at her, mm-hmm. she's diffusing it with love and starting. And I she's bet like, it works. And she's actually teaching them to respond mm-hmm. in love and to lead with love. And I'm like, dang, that is the that's work big. of yeah. this earth. Oh, I can't wait to listen to this podcast. But it's like, that's what we're talking about, though. It's like you have to make these choices, especially with your spouse or the people closest to you, because it's the easiest to react to them. It's the easiest to be angry with them. It's the easiest to say you're stupid. I don't want to hear what you have to say. All of it. But really, like you said, we have to listen. We have to give them their space to be heard. We have to really listen and like really hear what they're saying and not just breeze through it to get to what we have to say. Well, you have to, um, what does this say? You have to show up at home first. Like, you know, we take this goodness out here. Like, you're sitting here, you're doing your podcast, and I'm sitting here, and we're talking about all these positive things and all how we do such a great job in life. (laughs) We're just killing it. I mean, we're doing awesome, you guys. So thanks for listening. We know we've changed our lives. Um, No, that's not true. But it's do I practice this at home? It's taking it home first. Exactly what you're, exactly what you're doing. And do I actually do what I'm trying to help other people do? in my most intense moments, you know, because it's like, do I actually walk my walk that I'm trying to share with others when I am triggered as hard as I could be triggered? Well, no, when I'm as triggered as hard as I can be triggered, everybody better watch out because I'm going to cut somebody. But see, that's where we have to catch ourselves, you know? And like, that is like my goal for this year Mm -hmm. too, is like when I am really provoked and triggered, it's like, that's when I actually 
It's so easy to walk the walk when things are falling into place and life is easy. But when I'm actually provoked and triggered, that is when I have to catch myself and be like, this is where I have to show up even more and take a deep breath and get a bigger perspective and slow down and not react, but instead respond. And that's where I need the help of people that I trust because I cannot do it by myself. And I think that's, that's, what we were talking about too is surrounding yourself with good people that you trust and people that aren't going to say what you want them to say. Right. Because a lot of times when I text you about weight, I need you to get on the train with me, but because you don't get on the eating disorder train with me, then I don't get involved in my eating disorder. But and I so, used to, cause I used to be there too. And like, we used to fuel it with each yeah, other. And I used to like it. Well, cause it's like a sickness and we're just fueling our sickness. And it gives you something to do. I mean, it's just sick. It's all very sick, but when I'm spiraling like that, I have to know that now when I call you, that I already know that you're going to say exactly what you said to me. And so I have to pick the people that I call, like even in my stuff with my marriage, like I have to pick people that have marriages that I respect. That Not, won't go down the tubes with you. Because they will. You can find somebody like that real freaking easy. And I used oh, to do that. Oh, good point. If you find someone to gang up on whoever. Oh, you can build your case so fast. Oh, build it so fast. And oh. then you get that energy rolling. And, and then it grows. True. And then you're like, I'm right, and this person supports me. And then you get this little web going, and then this all of a sudden you've created you've you've isolate you've you've created a wall. Yeah. You put a line in the sand with this person that you love, and now you're like getting other people involved. And now it's just gotten a life of its own. And then it's like this thing that could have just passed on really quickly. And you can't really come back from that. Like in marriage, especially, I used to do that early on, and I did it. I still can do that, and I'm guilty of that still, but. Where you do that and you build that case against your spouse or your best friend or whoever's, your mama, whoever's making you mad at the time. Trey Twitty, my partner, just people like that that are super close to my everyday life. Barb. I mean, I'm telling you. And you get mad at them and then you build or get hurt feelings, whatever it is. And then you build that case. Well, then I have to go back to every person. And undo it. And undo it. But it can't be undone because they don't. Nobody knows John the way that I do. Nobody knows Barb really the way I do. Nobody knows whatever, my best friend, you, whatever, the way that I do. And the relationship is between me and you. And so even if it's fixed, I mean, I'm still going to go, yeah, man, but he stole that car or whatever. You never forget. People never forget. Yeah, you might forgive, but they don't forget or whatever that's saying. I don't know. That might be. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I used to feel like I needed to have all these people on my team. Like you didn't think you were capable of making the decision by yourself. Exactly. Like, that you weren't worthy enough of knowing what right or wrong was for you. And I, I need. I can remember yes. when you were going to move to Austin. I probably had asked 30,000 people oh before I could do we it. We had to have a full on breakfast about if you're going to move to Austin and what you're going to do with Michael. Yeah. And I think you might have done whatever I said. Well, because I didn't know for myself. And I needed everybody to tell me what to do. I needed to... Oh, God. So to be at a place where I think we both are now. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I know what I'm going for in my life. And it's very simple. It's, I want to have a great marriage. And I interviewed my mom about this. And she's like, do you want to be right or do you want to have a great marriage? Mm. And it's that simple, dude. It is that simple. Do I want Michael to be my partner for life? Yes. Do I want to have a bad, frictiony, fighty, like, Gross. I'm right, you're wrong marriage with him? No. I want to have a peaceful, happy marriage with him. I want him to be happy. I want me to be happy. And I want us to be happy together. So it's like, if I want that, then I have to do... Sunny. Sunny's crying. So sweet. <laughs> if, I, if I want that, then I have to do... 
I have to behave in a way that lets me have that kind of relationship. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Okay. So where I'm at right now is that I have evolved in marriage. It's taken me a really long time, but I'm still not great. And so when you want something and the other person wants something and they're two totally different things, how do you feel like you compromise in that way? If to give the thing for yourself really makes you sad and for the other person to give that same thing that they don't want really makes them sad. Is that making sense? The thing that I feel like I've been really lucky with with Michael is... Nobody's going to ask. That wasn't the question. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to answer this though. We never... if. Uh, I don't really want a whole lot of things. And if I really, really want something, then usually he doesn't care. And he'll be like, fine. And like, same with him. If he really, really wants something, it, we don't usually hit this spot where it's like there's a either or where we have it's to pick hard, one. It's a hard place, Kara. So give me an example of like what um, the choices are. I mean, say... I watched this movie the other day and this is in no way reference to my beautiful marriage, but it was the... Um, Scarlett Johansson and, and what's the guy that played Darth Vader? He's so adorable. The tall guy. Um, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Okay, whatever. He was on Girls. He's great. You should. Oh, it's called like Marriage or something. It's called Marriage Story. You should watch it. Okay. She wants to live in New York City. He wants to live in LA. Okay, so it's a very big decision. So big things. Not yeah. like I want a cat. Michael and I haven't gotten to something that's that divisive yet. But like it's because you guys grew up together. I think it I think is too. because you started so young. We're I kinda... got married when I was 35. Yeah. And I was already set in my ways. And so yeah. I've had to undo. John was 28. Yeah. 28 year old man and a 35 year old woman are completely different times of their lives uh-huh. and then i got pregnant four months later yeah and then i've just been pregnant and just pregnant and having <laughs> babies and breastfeeding yeah you know since well, i don't breastfeed my four and seven year old anymore but okay, if you do that's totally fine. right yeah so i'm for you yeah whatever you choose okay but, so like a big decision like i really want to live in new york and he really wants to live in la yeah and you want to give because you've learned that if you give, like your mom is saying, like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Like, so you get to that point, you're like, I want to give this to you. But I, I actually don't want to live in L.A. But I don't want to live in L.A. But I, I want you to live in L.A. because you want it so bad. But, but then I, we want to live together. But I don't think I can live in L.A. And it, yeah. this is not the argument, but that's what happened in the marriage I get, story. I get that. Okay, that's so great. So I just wonder, and maybe some of your podcasts people could Instagram you and <laughs> tell you, I don't know how you get answers from your how podcast. How do you navigate that? I don't know. How would, how do you think you navigate that? I'm in a space right now where that's my struggle. I don't really know because we were talking about how we build a case and I know that I don't want to, like I'm keeping my marriage these days really sacred and safe and close because I realize that's when my marriage is better, when I don't just blow it everywhere. Um, so I, it's, I'm in a space where all I can do every day is honestly, I fold it up like a little origami bird and I give it to God. I mean, I have to physically in my mind, like fold it up and turn it over to God and say, you do with this what you want, because I don't know the answer. And it's really hard to be in that space of waiting and wondering, you know, can he live with this answer? Can I live with that answer? Like, you know, and it's big when you have kids and you know, it's not just about you anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where do you give? Where are you selfish? Like, which is, you know, alcoholics are selfish and self-seeking at the core if they don't do the work. So my fear is always that I'm going to be selfish and self-seeking. And so where do you 
figure yourself out and and know that you're not really being selfish and self-seeking but you still want to be you still want to pursue what yourself yeah, wants yeah yeah so it's in your own desires yeah it's not like you just because you get married and have kids like your passions die right so it's like what is your passion and like really your purpose and then what is selfish that's interesting yeah it's a tough because it could... If it's not matching with your partner. And when you're married with two kids and something doesn't match, that's a big decision. I mean, somebody's going to have to give. And it's... Interesting. Who's going to do it? Because we're both willing to do it. But, but who's going to have to... Who's going to... Who, are you going to New York or are you going to LA? Yeah. Who's... Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I know. I mean, you've told me something that I use all the time. Mm-hmm. Whenever I don't know the answer, just pray for clarity. Yeah. And pray for God mm-hmm. to open. My big prayer this year, because you and I both made vision boards. We're big into vision boards, which I love. I love that they were almost exactly the same. Which is amazing. <laughs> but in the center of mine, which is what I want to guide every goal and dream that I have, is I want my soul to open the right doors and close the right doors. And I I know that's possible, and that's not hippy-dippy shit because I know that the best things in my life have come to me effortlessly effortlessly yes effortlessly Mm -hmm. like I'm doing my work I'm following my passion I'm living in joy and staying connected to God as much as I can but like things that I have tried to force 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 I maybe have gotten them to go a little bit but they never panned out the things that I really have like enjoyed and like feel like are my purpose have flowed into my life easily and so, to me, if I'm hitting resistance, or if I'm pushing, or if I'm forcing, exactly, and if I'm trying to make my agenda happen, because it has to happen right now, mm-hmm. then that's not the right plan for right. me. Right. So I just need to sit, and I need to wait for clarity. This is all. And I you need to, to sit still. You got to sit you gotta still. You got to be still, which is the worst, But you know way. what? You learn so much in that season. You do. I mean, if I wouldn't have been sitting still, because I'm really with God right now because of this situation in my marriage because you don't have an answer I don't have an answer so I'm praying all the time when you don't have an answer you can't make a move and that's right and if you do then it's in self-will if you don't have an answer don't make a move you need to sit still until the answer becomes clear yes and God whispered to me that and I'm not saying I'm a medium or whatever I'm just saying I do you you can hear God and he whispered to me the other morning he was like we started out with you looking at having financial peace and getting back to running. So why are we focusing all your attention on this other thing when, when we've already talked and I've got you running and focusing on being financially free. So all this other stuff that you're, you know, flying in the air and obsessing about, set it down. Just set it down. But it's still there. But right now I'm just setting it down. And it's, I just... I mean, I'm even on your podcast trying to get an answer. Like right but now. These are real struggles though, you know? Yeah. But I think you're exactly right. Set it down. And the thing I am learning, 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 and I, knock on wood, I think I know this now. I think this is a truth to me now. I knocked on my head. <laughs> okay. I think this is a truth to me. Okay. I think I've lived enough to know this is what I have to do. And I think I'm good. I mean, I'm never going to say hundred percent anything it out. what is it I think I know that I have to wait until I feel the answer because in t- do. yeah I think I know that no I don't have to fight it like I used to fight it because I have done enough living to know that like so 
It takes so long to realize that. But like anyone listening, just take it from Taylor and I. We fought it for a long time. Until you have a for sure clarity and sense of peace about something and it's just easily flowing into your life, don't fight it. Don't force it. And there's a difference between what you're reminding me of is because it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be a fighter or push for your best self or push to exactly. get up the ladder in your career or never or stop push, working or moving forward right or doing the footwork but if you're trying to push your own agenda and you're like getting all over everybody's toes and it's not feeling good it feels gross know. yeah when then, it feels bad yes that's the thing if when it, it feels, feels bad if i'm pushing good stuff then and I've if got, it's working out if you're working hard and pushing good stuff and it's happening you're on the right track i'm telling you this thing with Conway Twitty's grandson, Twitty and Which Lynn. tell us about it a little bit. Well, it's um, it's called Twitty and Lynn, a salute to Conway and Loretta. And we do about a two-hour show. It's sort of like a musical in a way because we tell the stories of Conway and Loretta. I basically dance around and make people laugh. Trey tells, he's a phenomenal storyteller. And he tells you all about Conway. And Conway doesn't have a documentary or a movie. And Meemaw has all these places that you can look her up and 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 see all about her life but Conway doesn't have that so Trey is sort of this link to him that people don't know anything about you know and so he's built this show for Conway where it's just so interesting and entertaining and you learn so much and Trey's a great singer and then I'm sort of all over the place and telling you about my relationship with Meemaw and how much, you know, how loving she is and what a great person she is. I don't tell that much about her story because that's just not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's happened so easily. And it's it's flowed into your life oh so my easily. Gosh. And our personalities. He's so chill and I'm so just off the wall, but he's also focused. Which is great because you don't need two wild ones. No. And you don't need, you need two, two focused ones. Yeah. And so it just works and it's so easy to work together and to do the show together and we've been selling out shows all over the country and Canada all over North America and that's a situation where I have to look at it and even if I'm gone a little bit more than I want to from the kids it's so easily happening it's paying the bills and it's you it's know filling your soul yes and so it's that's one of those easy things where you go okay oh my gosh I cannot wait to hold that baby little sunny baby lip plumper off so I'm gonna take it off I'm gonna kiss the side of her head but nowhere near her face (laughs) I've already got it planned out in my mind (laughs) just turn around I agree when it flows it flows okay we have to wrap up because we're already at an hour which is crazy but I want to talk to you I apologize that we didn't make everybody laugh too much this time I feel like we talked about some good stuff I want to talk to you just a touch about your sobriety though okay tell me about that journey for you because it's a huge part of your story um, just how okay. you want to talk about it. Oh gosh, I don't know. Let me just, um, <laughs> when I was 14, I took my first drink and I passed out and threw up all over myself and I did it again the next day because I thought this is so much fun. When I was 18 or 19, I started taking my first pills. I took acid all through high school and I love that. But like when I took my first Lortab pain pill, I felt the way that I thought thought most normal people felt and what was that uh peace peace and um like I was at home in my body for the first time ever and I grew up with a lot of abuse and there was a lot of sexual physical abuse uh, surrounding me and it was a way that I could escape but also just still be just bad to the core so when I was growing up mom never let us um use Meemaw's name to get ahead she was really good about that 
But I moved in with Meemaw and I realized what going on the road and utilizing her name would get me stuff. Yeah. And so I quickly became a cocaine addict and I started running with circles where I got free drugs and lived this life that I thought was very like, I thought it was something off TV, you know, like, I mean, I was getting back doors of bars and, you know, clubs and living in high rises and lots of cash. And I thought it was super cool. Um, until I got introduced to crack and heroin and just became a really low bottom. So you didn't even really know what was happening. It just kind of was. It happened so fast. And you were for so me. young. I was, you know, I was 27 there at the end though. But you I'm, just didn't know the long term effects. Like it was just like flowing into I your. I always said I'm an alcoholic, but I didn't care. Because you were loving it. My family were alcoholics yeah. and it was funny. And yeah. everybody thought that was real funny that you're an alcoholic and people would laugh at you and applaud it. And I was still. Functioning. You know, kind of popular. And people were still my friends until they weren't. And then I ended up... Um, then it just got out of hand? Um, I just ended up losing my family. And uh, You when, said that's when cracking heroin? That's what yeah, took it next level? So, yeah. And it was just like month, a few months of it. And I ended up weighing, you know, what I said, 80 pounds. And I'm 5'1". I weighed 82 pounds when I went into rehab. <clears throat> And um, my family couldn't find me. And I just, it was like, no matter how messed up I was, my best friends and my mama could always find me. They couldn't. I was living with somebody that was beating me all the time. and But he had my drugs, so I would stay with them. It was a very dark, gross, anything that negative, bad thought you're thinking right now, whatever picture you have in your mind, it's probably worse than that. Like, it just was so black and dark and just demons all over the place. And um, I'd gone to six rehabs throughout that because I would still try to get sober or I thought it would be fun or I'd go for, you know, a vacation. Like I went to Sierra Tucson. It was very beautiful. Like had a good time. And I would just go to rehabs off and on for a boyfriend or for mama or whatever, just to get them off my back. My sister Angie, just like whatever, just to get people to leave me alone. So my stepdad dad who'd been my stepdad for 22 years ended up drinking and driving and dying in a car accident and my brother was somehow found me and I came home and I got stole my sister's car she was 15 it was her dad and I got in a hit and run the day of the funeral and then I got arrested trying to buy drugs right down the street from where you live actually so I get the hives every time I come over here but it's now it's like this hip East Nashville when I got arrested it was like not cool but it is now but I still get the hives over here every yeah. time I come over here um and I got arrested and I went to rehab the next day and I woke up and I walked to the altar there's like a little church and I hit my knees and I just said oh my god I cannot believe because you wake up and you go oh my god I've got bruises everywhere what have I been doing I've stolen everyone's money including my best friend Stephanie that you know like everybody's quarters you know, I babysat a child for three years that I would, like, drive around into the projects to buy drugs and leave them in the car. I mean, things that are horrific that I can never take back or make amends for enough. But I forgive myself and I move on and we don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Um, So I got sober. I stayed sober, surrounded myself with good people. It's when you knew me for eight years. And then... I got married really fast. I got pregnant. I lost y'all 
Mm-hmm. So when I lose people, something happens to me. I don't know. With my mother, I was able to grow. When I lost you guys. That's a big deal you were able to grow with your mom. Because I knew what it meant when I lost people. I knew what happened to me when I lost people. And like you've said to these people, it wasn't just that we lost me, you, and Jen as a trio. We lost our families. We had grown together as families. We lost our job. We lost our passion. We lost our music. We didn't know what to do. And you guys sort of were able to carry on together. I wasn't sure what you were doing, but you were able to do Amazing Race and keep going. And all of a sudden, I'm very big and alone. 70 pounds overweight. 70 pounds I gained with the baby, but then I never lost the baby weight. So I'm not sexy anymore, I don't think. I'm alone with a man I've only known for like a year who doesn't really know me. Doesn't really know what addiction is. They give me the Vicodin when I have the You're C-section. living in a new state. Living in a new state. Well, this time I'm, we're in Franklin because no. we moved back. And I have the baby. They give me the Vicodin, the pain pills. And I take them like I'm supposed to. But the minute that they say, you know, we really need to give you Adderall for your ADHD. I never, you know my story with Adderall. When there was anything like that around, I'd be like so mad and didn't want anybody to take it. And just throw a fit. Well, I'm like, okay. And so one, three times a day turned into, you know, however many. I mean, at sometimes I was taking 10 at a time, just chewing them up like candy. And then living in Seattle by myself. So nobody knew what I looked like. John didn't really know me, know me, what addiction would look like. I feel like if somebody could have seen me on the daily that really knew. Maybe, they would have known something was maybe up. Maybe they would have known. But you were the whole new batch of people in a new place. So really. And I'm yeah. good at playing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and acting. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, and I had a baby. And I was breastfeeding. And you're hormonal. So all you're that. hormonal. You've relapsed. And you're breastfeeding your child all the time. I mean, you know, just. Uh, it's really gross to still think about that. Like I still have. I'm like whapping my hair for you listeners. Like it's still, um, there's still shame attached to it. And so I don't want you to think that I take any of this lightly or that I haven't had trouble over it or been in trouble or paid the price. Mm-hmm. Definitely the price. So I relapsed only for six months. But in On those Adderall. six months, yeah, I did more damage than I ever had when I was a crack and heroin addict. How, how so? My child, hurting my child, my John took my child away. He he left me and he took him away and said, and if you don't get help, we are gone and you will never see him again. And for me, that was clear. clear I was done. And um, I went to an all women's rehab, which I'd never done before because, you know, my past with in my past, I've had I, my alcoholism, my addiction will come out in needing attention from men spending whatever and I finally learned that out that how detrimental that was how needing that attention from men how detrimental that was to a marriage but I never understood it before mm-hmm. and um I, uh, so I stayed there for a month and then I did 90 days of aftercare and that was almost seven years ago and in that seven time, years ago, that wow, crazy? we celebrated five years together. You, me, and Jen at Jay Alexander's or Big Tops or whatever. Do you remember that? Yes. You gave me the blue um, bird necklace. I still have that. Oh. And when I had five years, I looked at that necklace and I was like, oh my gosh, I've done it. I've, I've gotten at least back to a point where I've got a little bit of time under my belt. But 
um, you know, when you start talking about your kids and sobriety and what you've done to them, I mean, my whole body's hot right now and I feel shame, but I also feel good because I know that I've walked through that and repaired my marriage, repaired my relationship with my in-laws, with my family, with, and my mom knew both of my kids before she died. And she saw me when she died, she saw me sober singing to her and like so many blessings, blessings. I have another son, you know, John stayed with me and we had another son who's four. I mean, so just trust is repaired, but there's so much more to that story, but that's sort of just like the liner notes, I guess. So what have you learned about your marriage with John through all this? Cause you said earlier you had never seen a man stay. Oh gosh, I'm sorry to pause. Um, I, I mean, I think that is, a, is such a, a big thing. And to be honest, I, I've learned how to be honest with a man and to not belittle him. That's something that I used to do all the time. Um, and I don't step out of my marriage at all, which is out of everything. And you've known me a hundred years and you've seen me in a thousand situations. I can honestly say for seven years, for anybody that's listening, who's seen me anywhere, they know that I have not stepped out of my relationship in any way with another man, which is such a huge part of my old addiction. And that, I think... That's so true. That's so great. Oh, my God. That's a bigger gift. Just like the than, habit of flirting. Because it so, it's so, oh, you're so good at it, you know? Oh, my gosh. And it works. And you get <laughs> I mean, I was stuff. good at it, too. Yeah. And you, you understand that, no, that's just for John. Yeah. And at first that kind of made me mad because I'm like, I'm a free spirit. And you got so much to give. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to some talk to Taylor. <laughs> and, you know, just understand. And it's not like I don't. I'm probably too friendly sometimes, but I'm just a friendly person. Right. And I, what a big deal. It's a big deal. And I think that there's sobriety in that more than even the Adderall in some ways, more than being sober from drugs and alcohol, to be so- sober. In love and sex addiction. And you've made a choice and you've changed. Yes. That's hard. Uh, it's, it's hard. hard. But God lifted it too. You have to do the footwork. But it's one of those things where just like God removed the obsession of the drink and the drug. He removed the set obsession for me to step out of my marriage to receive attention in a way that's harmful to my marriage. That's, that's, a, that's, that a, big, that's the, a really big deal. You know what a big deal that is. And so I think that I wouldn't have learned that had it not been for John. Had it not been for being married to somebody that put me in an all-women's rehab. And he put boundaries on you big time. He said these are, he drew lines in the sand. Honey, for two years, everything I had was open. And he still knows all my passwords and just everything was open. He he held you accountable to the nth degree. Yeah, and I hated him for it. I hated him for a really long time. I didn't love him for it. I yeah. did not. I hated him for it. I wanted to kill him. But he, get, those, you, he those are your options. You were going to do it his way or he's leaving with your son. So yeah, you did it. Those are your choices. So, so I did it. And now here we are. Wow. You know, arguing about, you know, try, and I'm sitting here going, how can I be selfless but still be okay? <laughs> you know, like, because <laughs> I wanted to be happy. So it's, yeah, there's beauty. But that's what love is. That's And marriage. that's what marriage is. Marriage isn't like, oh my gosh, I just want to jump your bones all day long and like live in this fairy tale. Yes, there are those moments. But like for the most part, it is like I choose you and I'm going to work through this hard crud with you. Yeah, it's just the everyday stuff Mm -hmm. that you have to learn to do together. And it's a bitch. And it's hard. And it's probably is easier to leave in some ways. But if you stay, what I have found 
if I stay, the miracle's on the other side because I want to be wrapped up in him again. But in the moment when I want to leave, I don't want to look at his face. (laughs) But if I stay and I make it over the mountain or the hill or the pebble and I want to be kissing his mouth and wrapped up in him and love his eyes again, then I go, oh my gosh, I could have lost that had I left because it didn't feel comfortable. And then you look back and you have this tapestry of this oh. relationship that is so beautiful. It's like how I view our relationship, yeah. you and me. It's like I look back through all the seasons we've been together and if we wouldn't have weathered all these storms and grown together and fought and then made up and evolved and gotten better, I look back at you now and it's so deep. Like my relationship oh. with you is so deep. Like, when I see you, I feel it all too. Yes. I, mean, I just feel everything. And Jen too. Yes. I mean, you just feel that like outpouring of, because you like a string stuck. connected heart to heart. heart you stri- stuck oh God, it up. Heart strings are. I think they might be. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where it comes from. I love it. Well, but that's the same thing with a marriage. When you stick it out and you stay, yeah. and you choose each other, and you make those choices, and you go through those hard times when you want to leave, when you can't stand their face, when you hate them in the yeah. moment, then you get over it, and you get like you said, over the mountain. The I love that over the mountain, the hill, the pebble, whatever yeah. size it is. And you look back and you have years of choosing this person and it's beautiful and it's overwhelming because you've continued to choose that person you every day. You family. You understand what, what it means family to means. Be wife and husband. Yeah. You yes. really get what that is. Yeah. And I need to have more grace and compassion with John than I do with anybody in this world. And he's the first person that I don't want to have it with. Well, like, easy. They're the easiest yeah, one. Because they got to kind of hang for a little, you know, like... <laughs> You're gonna it's have a big to go get, listen, Caroline running two hour late today. You're gonna have to go get the kids. I know you're busy. Well, too bad. <laughs> I got sick. You know, this can help my career being on the podcast, John. <laughs> Y'all follow me at Taylor Lynn Finger on Instagram. I ain't got no followers. Yes, you do. You I are got twenty one thousand followers, which I'm really proud of. Now I did buy four thousand of those. I like to let everybody know that. Okay, because you're just being I don't honest. think you should buy. No, you shouldn't. It's so stupid. Listen, everybody can tell. In the beginning, when you're trying to grow, you're following before everyone figured it all out. We all did stupid stuff. I say I had a one night stand in Mexico. I did this giveaway with this uh, musical artist in Mexico where he like had people follow you. And so I got like 4,000 followers from Mexico. Can I see him? I don't even know who he is. I paid for it. But they're real followers, but they're all like from Mexico who don't know who I am. And I just like got these followers. Do they comment on your stuff? I mean, I don't think they, they're not, they're not, they don't, I don't think they're reading English. Yeah. (laughs) So we all do have one night stand. Well, I mean that, I think having a one night stand in Mexico could be good. (laughs) I mean, just for followers. I don't mean sexually. I just mean in general. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't mean sexually either. No, I know you don't. Okay, yeah. so Taylor Linfinger. And, but they need to come to Tay on Tuesday for the yeah. Flash Club. Yes, and where is Tay that? Tay at 10s. <laughs> I spell it. You're looking at me funny because you didn't even know about it. Yes, I've been doing it for a year every spell Tuesday. Spell it out. It's possible I didn't share it with you on purpose. <laughs> Tay, T-A-Y-Z-S, <laughs> Tay's Flash Club. On, Insta- on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Okay. On my Taylor Lynn music page. Everybody check it out. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. at 10 a.m. Central. At 10 a.m. Central, you go to Tay's Flash Club on Tuesdays. But mainly follow me on Instagram. At and Taylor Lynn, Lynn Finger. Come to our shows. Okay, I love it. Come to our shows and follow me, Ma, because I'm always on there doing a little live videos, too. On Facebook. Hosting. Yeah. Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Is it like Loretta Lynn official or just Yeah, Loretta Lynn official. I love you, Taylor. Okay, so well, now we've been talking been an hour and 20 minutes, so we're going to wrap it up. Okay, I okay. leave every episode with Leave Your Light. What do you want people to know? 
I feel like that's just too demanding. <laughs> just say them the first thing that comes to mind. It doesn't have to be your just, ultimate answer. But I mean, I think it's what we've been talking about. I mean, do the footwork. Just stay in, in marriage if it's a healthy marriage. Obviously, if you're in an abusive marriage, then you need to get on out and call the law. Um, do the footwork. Pray. Read your Bible. Meditate. Love others. Be kind. That's leave your light, Caroline. It's too demanding for me at the end. I love that. I love it. I love you. Taste flash. <laughs> I love you too. I can't wait to kiss Sunny. Okay. Oh, thanks, babe. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Bye. Okay, bye. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.